Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, he's always upbeat and positive. You know, he's, he's that by nature. And, uh, you know, he's uh, always going to be a good teammate. Again, he'll, he'll, it'll take some rehab and all those things, you know, getting through that. But uh, he'll be ready to go here shortly. We're back with more of the Miller Light Top Draft Show at Dunning Poorhouse, 7718 West Addison, with Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron, presented by Miller Light. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans and always live on the free Odyssey app. Coach Eberflus talking about Darnell Mooney right there. Eberflus. It is Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Harris broadcasting live, man. It feels good to be back out. In the Dunn streets it. of Chicago, the hanging out, having Miller Lights with the crew out here at Dunning Poorhouse. Got to shout out everybody, man. Got to shout out the Miller Light reps, Chris and Michael. Got to shout out Bobby, the owner, Erica, Jen, David, the whole crew here at Dunning Poorhouse, man. And of course, we got our uh, 670 The Score promo team, Colleen and Eric. And then, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Rich Wyatt, holding us down over here. This guy never stops working, ladies and gentlemen. You think you guys work hard? You think you work a lot of hours? You got nothing on Rich Wyatt. I wonder what it's like, though, for Rich to have Tanny show up and just be kind of lurking over his shoulder like that. No, no, no. This is what happens when the three of us link up. <laughs> it's like no one else is there to left to yeah. run any station. It's like, is, it just, is he just assuming that Tanny's like, oh, I would have done that. Corporate differently. is nervous right yeah, now. Yeah, corporate yeah, is nervous yeah. that the three of us are here. I'd probably hit that knob. <laughs> you know, that, that switch. You probably could have turned that switch a little differently, Rich. <laughs> it's great. Um, all right. Uh, but we are here to do one thing, one thing only. It is to continue to discuss our Chicago sports teams more specifically the Chicago Bears, and to help us do that. Right now, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the Bears B-Rider for NBC Sports Chicago. Let's welcome to the show Josh Schrock. Josh, what's up, homie? Hey, how we doing, guys? Doing good. Drinking some Diet RC. They got that here. That's how you know you're on the Northwest side, Josh. <laughs> I'm drinking Diet RC. It's classic. Um, but let's talk about the Chicago Bear team, man. We saw what happened on Sunday versus the Jets. What was what to me? I, I was I've I noticed a lot of ugly on the game. But what do you feel like was was an ugly moment that stood out to you the most? Something that that you were just somewhat disgusted with on Sunday? Uh, I mean, I think I'll probably just point to the long touchdown from Garrett Wilson, right? I think just poor tackling, some business decisions being made. Um, but overall, I mean, the ugly to me is just uh, kind of highlighted by the fact that this is just a really bad team that Justin Fields has made look good against some good teams. And without him, it was, it was really apparent the the number of holes they have to fill. Um, so I, I don't know, ugly. I think it's just really, really obvious that 
this team has a lot of work, a lot of a lot of rework that needs to be done in the off season. Um, and when they play a team without Justin Fields that has a pulse, um, it can get ugly, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Gabe and I were talking a little bit earlier in the show, Josh, just about the the evaluation of the coaching staff, and it, it feels like you know you can't just let them one hundred percent off the hook. While at the same time, you got to be realistic about what the roster is that they have yep. to work with. So in your evaluation, how are you going about evaluating Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze and Alan Williams and just what they're actually putting out there every Sunday? Uh, I mean, I've been fairly impressed. I, I think we've seen a lot of, of mid-game adjustments, halftime adjustments, especially early in the season. I thought they did a really good job of that. Um, obviously, the bye week, the mini bye week reeval they did on the offense um, worked wonders for Justin Fields. They should be commended for that. Uh, they should also be criticized for not doing some of that stuff earlier when I think a lot of people – knew they should get him out of the pocket, knew they should get him on the run, do the quarterback run game. Um, so that's all fair. But I think more importantly, I've been impressed with the buy-in, the continued buy-in that Matty Rufus gets when this team has lost, what is it, eight of nine now? And, I mean, the guys are still they're still playing hard. Um, they still bought into the hits principle. Um, he is at a talent deficit, obviously. Um, you know, Luke Etsy's done a nice job. Um, I think it's been nice probably for Bears fans to at least watch an offense that – seems to have a point right he runs plays to set up things later in the game which is something that Matt Nagy um, seemed to be allergic to or maybe didn't know how to do Um, on defense Alan Williams you know he's kind of coaching with one hand tied behind his back you'd like to see him find a way to get pressure on the quarterback Um, but they just don't they just don't have the horses in that front seven right now to get that done talking to Josh Schrock from NBC Sports Chicago here on 670 the score I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony Heron we saw someone else in the backfield on Sunday, Josh Darrington mm-hmm. Evans. What did you think of his performance, and, and, and what did you think of it compared to that of a Tristan Ebner? Yeah, I thought Darrington had, had some nice moments. Obviously, the, the 33-yard catch and run was, was nice. Um, did some good work on his minimal carries, and, you know, I think he's going to get a shot. I mean, Tristan Ebner um, can be explosive. We haven't really seen it. I think he, he kind of struggles in, in pass protection, which when you have – you know, a bad offensive line, and Tristan's obviously going to be in there mainly if he's in there on third down. Uh, he's going to have to get better at pass protection. Um, I, I like what Darius Evans brings. I don't know if that's going to be a, a long-term option. I think as you look toward the future, um, if Dave Montgomery doesn't come back, I mean, it's going to be Khalil Herbert. And, you know, after that, it's it's really up in the air. So I think these last six games can, can be kind of an audition for Darius Evans and, and Tristan Ebner. Um, we, we just haven't seen a lot of, of Ebner on offense, uh, probably for the pass protection reason. And now he's kind of, you know, looks like Darren Evans took his job at the moment. So that kind of tells you all you need to know. Josh Rock, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. The the receiver position, early in the game, mm-hmm. initial couple of drives here, we did see, you know, we had our, our first Byron Pringle sighting hey. of the season. Mm-hmm. We saw Chase Claypool <laughs> get a couple of opportunities one-on-one. Is there... Is there yeah. reason to be encouraged by, you know, what was very limited in its sample size of success, but at least, you know, the receivers, especially a guy like Pringle, showing a little bit more life? Yeah, that's a $6 million catch from Byron Pringle, so that's nice. Um, no, it's a, it's a good catch. Um, I think it'd be nice to see, see some guys make those catches for Justin Fields when he's in there. I think the Claypool stuff is encouraging just because, I mean, that's what that's what he's brought here to do is just be, be a big body and to throw jump balls to, draw DPIs and make plays down the field. So it's nice to see the Bears kind of start to work that in. We saw it against the Dolphins and then and then not much against the Lions and Falcons. Um, and given how, how good that draft pick 
they gave up to get him is going to be they're going to need uh, to show that he can do that a lot more to, to justify that trade. So I think that's that's reason to be encouraged. Um, you know, you know, I don't Byron Pringle is he a long term fit here? Probably not. But it's nice to see him kind of coming to his own. I, I will be interested now that Darnell Mooney is out for the year, uh, which is a bummer um, to see if Nikhil Harry is is active and, and gets more of a look because I, I did kind of like what he brought to the table. Uh, in the three games he was active, thought he was a great run blocker, had a lot of knockdowns in the run game, and and you know showed a showed a nice connection with Justin. Uh, seemed to not make mistakes in in the route concepts and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see if they they give him more of a look this this last month. Josh, and you know Byron Pringle was sitting in the locker room with a cigar, talking about I told y'all, <laughs> give told me the y'all, ball, young cats, that's all they needed to do. Said, throw, throw it up. I'm always open. That's exactly, that's exactly what he was saying. <laughs> But it felt good. It felt good to see that. Um, it also felt good to see Justin Fields, you know, take a week off. I mean, obviously his body was taking somewhat of a beating. And I asked Anthony Heron this question a second ago, Josh, and I asked the same thing to you. What do you think Justin Fields learned this weekend after sitting, you know, sitting out and watching Trevor Simeon kind of handle the offense, listen to Luke Getze, you know, call the game plan out, having the headset on? You know, what, what, what did you think were some key takeaways for Justin? Yeah, I think it may, maybe it's just nice to to, to sit and, and watch for a week. I mean, I think obviously playing is, is the best teacher. Um, but I think for him watching Trevor, I think he could just take a little bit um, of Trevor's pocket presence and, and just the way Trevor was able to get the ball out quickly. Um, you know, I thought Trevor made some nice throws, obviously, early in the game. Um, you know, he had, he had a couple of third-down conversions. Um, and I think the way Trevor, you know, sees the field, obviously, like Trevor talked and chased it too uh, after the game – about how those connections came together, and it wasn't – they didn't draw them up. Trevor just said – told Chase, hey, if I see you singled up against whoever, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, and you have a six-inch advantage, I'm just going to – I'll just audible and we'll just throw it up. And I think that's something Justin can learn once the Bears allow him full control of the offense, which, you know, who, depending on who you ask him or Lugetzi, he has it, he doesn't have it. Uh, but, you know, just, just a nice nice teaching moment for Justin to see, okay, you know, this is how you see the field, this is how you check to this. Um, once the Bears allow him to do it, because Justin said he does not have carte blanche to just change the play at will. Do you think this this close of the season is is this big for David Montgomery? I, I personally kind of feel like we we know who and what David Montgomery is. He he strikes yep. me as a guy who maybe has more value to the Bears than he will on the open market. He's a good football player who's not an elite running back in the National Football League, but he's just he's good at a lot of he's good at everything not elite at necessarily very much, but I think there's a place for him to continue in Chicago. I can't imagine it won't be at a reasonable price. Am I, am I underestimating how much this final five games could mean for David Montgomery? No, I think that, I think that's right, especially with Kula Herbert on, on IR. David can kind of, you know, have a nice little stretch here, really, really cement himself. We know that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are, are big fans of David Montgomery and what he brings to the building and, you look at the free agent running back class coming up, it's it's pretty loaded, so there's probably not going to be a lot of options for David for big money out there. And you know, he, he's a he's an important part of the locker room. I mean, the, the guys really the guys really love him and, and he's he's a, he's kind of a quiet leader. Um so I, I could see him, you know, maybe having a big game against the Packers defense run defense that's really bad, have a nice finish and then, you know, maybe he and him and the Bears come to a reasonable agreement. They do have all that money. Hundred and ten million dollars, and a lot of that's going to be bookmarked for for extensions. And, and I think he can he can be one of them if it's reasonable. We're talking to Josh Rock from NBC Sports right here on six seventy The Score. This is the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. We are broadcasting live from Dunning Poorhouse 
77-18. West Addison got a full house in the building. Northwest side represented hard right now. Um, Josh, you brought up um, a, a, obviously a really good point, the fact that the Green Bay Packers, 31st in the league in rushing yards against per game. Um, so, you know, you guys do, I mean, when you're talking about David Montgomery, that's a great question because, I mean, I really do genuinely feel like he wants to be here, right? Kind of like a Jose Abreu type. He doesn't want to go. He's a guy that's, that's been here. Um, but this game on Sunday that's coming up, uh, Josh, do you anticipate Aaron Rodgers playing or do you, do you think we're going to see a little bit of Jordan Love? No, I mean, Aaron Rodgers said today that scans came back clean and he plans to play, and I, I think it. I find it hard to uh, see him not playing just given his career track record against the Bears and given how bad this Bears defense is now, especially, you know, without Roquan Smith, without Robert Quinn, without Eddie Jackson, maybe without Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. We don't know their status in the concussion protocol. Um, so I have a hard time seeing Aaron Rodgers, you know, missing this game. Uh, I could see maybe – him, you know, you know, take going on IR in a, in a week or two once once the Packers are officially eliminated. But I think I think number twelve will be out there on Sunday. And with that in mind, do you think that matters at all in whether or not Justin Fields is it a factor for the Bears if they feel like the Packers are going to be at full strength? Do you think it makes it any more likely that Justin Fields would end up being out there on the field? No, I don't think it plays plays any role. I think Justin's going to want to be out there and, and want to play, but um, you know, I think the Bears are going to be really cautious with it. Uh, from what I've been told, they are they are being very, very, very cautious about about not only the possibility of re-injuring the shoulder, but just the possibility of him going out there and not feeling that he can fully protect himself, and then maybe compromising uh, another another part of his body while he's trying to protect the shoulder. Um, I think it does say something that he doesn't he didn't get cleared at all by anyone before the Jets game, not the medical staff himself or the coaching staff gave it the green light. So that, that's, that's a lot of hurdles to clear uh, before he can play this weekend. And I think with the bye week coming up and with the situation at right tackle, Riley Reef banged up, Larry Bourne banged up, maybe they start Alex Leatherwood. I don't know if the Bears are going to want to put him back there. Um, so I'd say it doesn't play a role, and I'm, I'm leaning toward Justin Fields will not play again. Well, it'll be something that we'll all be keeping a close eye on. Josh, appreciate you for hanging out with us this evening, all right? Hey, you got a game anytime. Bears insider from NBC Sports Chicago, Josh Schrock, hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony Heron. Justin Fields, man, he's just he's the only guy that would rather work than take a week off <laughs> and get a free check, you know? <laughs> all of us would be like, what? Give me a week off and I get paid anyway? So like, your yeah, your sure. non-throwing shoulder? It was yeah, your non-throwing oh, shoulder? No, no, my neck, my back, I got things just going be out, on. Out for the season? The coaches and the and the management or the committee that everybody's been talking right, about. Yeah. If they're like, "Hey, man, we think you should take a week off," it's it's like uh, when you go on a date and the person doesn't want to pay, and they, they, "Do you want me to pay?" You know, and it's like, "No, no, no, it's all good." Are you sure? You sure you don't want me to pay? I'll, I'll pay if you want me to. No, we don't want you to. It's the same thing with management. Hey, man, we don't want you to play. Really? If, if it was me. Really? Oh, you know, I'm always complimenting you on your edge up. You know, yeah, your, your yeah, line yeah. is always right. So somehow. <laughs> Your barber just like messed it up the radio right now though. Yeah. That wouldn't matter. But so if somebody said, you know what, Gabe, your edge up got jacked yeah. up. Do not show up to the poorhouse. You'd be sitting at home somewhere? No, I see what you're saying. I'd go get my I'd go get my stuff handled and I'd okay. make sure I was right. there immediately. Yeah. All right. Um <clears throat> more conversation about the Bears on the other side. And I do have a question specifically for you, Anthony Heron. And those that are uh, chiming in on the text line, will the Bears win another game? Got a oh. tough schedule left. Got five games left. Okay. Packers. You got the Lions. You got the Bills, the Eagles, the Vikings. 
Will the Bears win another game? You can text in your answer right now. 312-644-6767. And then we'll discuss on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here at the Miller Light Top Drive Show at Dunny Poor House. We'll be back after this at 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to the to the mantra we've been setting, you know, even at the beginning of the year, we, we won our first game, you know, then we end up, you know, beat Houston and all those things. It's the same thing. When you go on a winning streak, it's the same exact message that, you know, the performance is the performance. You know, it's over. If you win by three or you, know, or, or you lose by three, um, it's always the same. you got to look at it the same. How can I get better and how can I uh, keep doing the things that, I need to, that I've been doing well? And, and I think that's all you got to do um, for players and coaches, and it's a partnership. You know, so that's what's nice about our player-coach partnership is that those, they're in it together. You know, so if a player plays well, you know, coach did a good job. If a player needs to improve, coach needs to help him improve. So he's always got that partner with him. We're back with more of the Miller Light Top Draft Show at Dunning Poorhouse, 7718 West Addison, with Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron, presented by Miller Light. It's Miller Time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. That's right, we are broadcasting live for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. If you ever been to the Brickyard, make some noise. Okay. That's how you know they're old. 
That's how you know they're old, man. Okay. It's like a little, the mall's not there no more. It's called Bricktown now. It's terrible. All right. Yeah, that actually threw me for a second. Yeah. Think the they, there used to be a, a video game place there called Funland. Yeah. That's how you know. Tannehill, you know about Funland? Oh, Funko Land. Funko Land? <laughs> Maybe I'm not that old. That's, that's, that's <laughs> I remember it, though. <laughs> but yeah, man. So this, Did they good, have a good. showbiz pizza out here somewhere? Uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Some... No, nah, you got to go far for that. No, you know we had on the north I mean, side. It was showbiz pizza before it was Chuck E. Cheese. Though. Right, but I hear you had Caesar Land. Caesar Land on Harlem. Right, no, I said, I'm saying, that's what you had on the northwest side. Right. That was the equivalent, Caesar uh, Land. One funny story, I was about 12 years old. I was living in Wicker Park at the time. You were on your way to Toys R Us before I got shut no, down. No, so, so my, mom, my sister and I got into a fight, and then I thought I was going to get in trouble. Put them paws on so I So I ran away. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I climbed up the side of the blue line right there on North Avenue in Damon. And my buddy and I, we, we jumped on the train and we took it out to season. I was like 12 years old. It's stupid. It's like the dumbest thing you could possibly do. I mean, you made it but back in one piece. Luckily. Uh, well, one, one piece till I got home. Then my parents got a hold of me. <laughs> and then I wasn't in one piece any longer. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Hare here on 670 to score. So I asked the question before the break, Anthony. I said, will the Bears win another game? I got some people looking. Will the Bears win another game this season? One game, we got some no's out there. <laughs> Do you want the Bears to win another game this season? Okay, all right. That's another things one. a little more. One more against the Packers, right? Okay, Looking no. for them to beat the Packers. Uh, what do you think, Anthony? Do you think the Bears will, uh, will get another victory this season? All right, so I'm going to go ahead and look at the schedule okay. real quick just to see. You know, we got Green Bay this week, obviously, as everyone in the room has reminded us throughout the night. We got Philly, got Buffalo, got Detroit, Woo. and you got the Vikings. So, there's none of these teams where the Bears will take the field with a personnel advantage against any of these opponents. Now, we have seen that early in the season, they had an opportunity to defeat the Lions. Early in the season, they had an opportunity to defeat the Vikings. So, I guess the caveat I would add is, is Justin Fields playing in the majority of these games? Right. Because if we see no more Justin Fields, I believe we see no more Bears victory. I can't imagine there's a situation where Justin Fields sits out the rest of the season. I mean, I, I know hope, it's something I hope that, that can be discussed. Happen. I hope it's not the case. Yeah, but I can't. I can't. I I don't think Ryan Poles and Coach Eberflus want Justin Fields to be shut down for the rest of the season. So I think to me, that's the determining factor. Obviously, barring the severity of the injury, you right? Know, like I, I don't think they, you know, they don't just throw him out there just to say like he's still playing, regardless of how bad the shoulder is. Right. But if shoulder's bad enough, then I don't think they want to put him in harm's way. But if shoulder's at a point where he feels good about it and they feel like he can protect himself then I, I completely agree that I think everyone, including Justin, wants him to play some more football yeah, this year. To get some more, just to get some more reps, man, to be able to see some more defenses, especially being having to go up against Philadelphia and Buffalo. You know, I was talking to Luke Canellis, had an opportunity to co-host the show with him for Fox 32, and he was dead set on having Justin Fields play against the Jets. But his reasoning was he wanted Justin to have some, some, some opportunity to go up against the best defenses in the league mm. so that, that way – you know, he can know what that feels like. And granted, he didn't get the opportunity against the Jets. Right. But I do want him to have those chances against Philadelphia and Buffalo. I, you know, Bears probably not going to win those games. But I do want to see how he's going to how he's going to re react to those kinds of defenses, to being down, to, you know, getting more opportunities in the two minute drill, you know, ending ending the half, things like that. What, what do you feel like are some other areas that he could benefit from by playing in those last series, last four games, assuming that he sits out? against the Packers on Sunday. Well, to the, the portion of the discussion that you and Lou were having on Friday, there there is something to be gained, to be learned from Justin Fields 
playing when he's not 100%. You know, like even hosting the, the Post Post on Sunday, and a couple of callers were uh, put the question out there whether or not people wanted to see Justin Fields again right. this year. And there were a couple of callers who, who were concerned, basically, that he would go out there and be nicked up and, you know, basically wanting him to protect himself for next year. But a part of the growing process, a part of the development process is also not only recognizing, because I'm sure Justin recognizes that you won't be 100%, you won't be full strength at all times when you take on, you know, opponents, when you get on the field, but to learn how to perform under those circumstances is important for a young football player. Like, you know, it's his non-throw shoulder that's right. banged up. And so for Justin Fields, he can still affect, once he gets to the point where he is still, where he is capable of effectively throwing the football and protecting himself, but having to play with that knowledge that he's less than 100%. Like Aaron Rodgers right now has been playing with this fractured thumb right. for a little while. Right. Maybe he's going to take the field Sunday with some busted up ribs or oblique or whatever it is for Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers has been through that before. He already has recognized what his body is capable of, what level he can play at when okay. he's not himself. Justin Fields hasn't really been through that in the National Football League yet. And so whenever that first time is that it happens, whether it's this Sunday, whether it's a couple of Sundays from now, that will create a backlog of data for him to pull from next time this matters. If, if, the, if the Bears are a, a better roster and in contention for something next season, and Justin Fields has kind of at least learned to, to battle through some of these things, just like we saw him against Clemson in the college football playoff where he busted up his ribs or lacerated his spleen or whatever that Clemson linebacker did to him. Right. He toughed it out, played through that game. We've seen him display toughness this year. But as he's picking up the minutia of the position, getting better at the mechanics, mentally and physically of playing quarterback to figure out how do I play at a really high level while I'm banged up. Right now, it may be the non-throwing shoulder. There's value in that. And it's not something that, that we can just assume will go perfectly the first time he goes through it if it waits for next year, if it waits for two years from now. So at whatever point he's physically capable of protecting himself and he feels good about it, the Bears medical staff feels good about it, then yes, continue his development not only just with the whole scope of the position, but even the position he's in right now physically, not being 100% and, and having to play at the NFL level through it. That's a great point, Anthony. I mean, I think not a lot of people are talking about that angle right there where, you know, as an NFL player, you are going to be dealing with injuries and being asked to play through them. And so the same way you want him to have game reps of, you know, coming from behind, getting more throws, you also want him to have to be calloused, yeah, so to speak, yeah. right? To have him like all those same people are like, you know what? Let him throw it forty times, and I don't care if he throws five interceptions. Well, right now you're in the, you're in the, you at a portion of this season. I mean, you no, know, most of the year that the win loss record isn't necessarily right. going to be something we need to pay close attention to anyway. But even at this portion, where it's the five games to go, you got a bye week mixed in there somewhere, which factors into whether or not we should expect to see him this week. Also, bye week coming up after this, but going into the last month of the season where these are games that you're not worried about the win-loss aspect of it. You don't want to put Justin Fields in harm's way. Right. But if he has to, if he's in a position where he can figure out how to play through not being 100% at the NFL level, and he's doing it in games where, you know what, if he has an off performance because he's a little banged up, doesn't matter now like it may matter a year from now if the Bears are yeah. really in a position to go for something. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron here on 670 to score. We are here for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Dunning Poorhouse over here on the northwest side. Got some text messages coming in. 
They said, shout out Shabona Park, Hiawatha Park, Portage Park. All my northwest side little areas over here, man. Are they just throwing park on the end of everything? That's yeah. pretty much what happens here in Chicago. Okay. You, just, you got like Reese Park, mm -hmm. you know, any, anything that's like that. Chicago has so many parks anyway, so that's just what, what ends up happening. Um, I asked the question of the Bears win another game from the 6-3-0. Somebody said, I had them winning five games this season. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Mm, no, sir. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, from the 3-6-1, no, I do not think they'll win another game. From the 7-7-3, then, then I want to ask this, continue this conversation. Maybe they will make better catchers. I'm sure he's talking about the receivers. If Justin made better throws, and I don't want to live there in that space, but I do want to talk about the receivers. Is there any situation where you feel like this receiving core can benefit more from Justin Fields being out because of the way maybe Trevor Simeon distributes the ball? Is that is that or am I just ridiculous for saying that? Because obviously the answer is no, they benefit more from Justin Fields being there. I mean, there are, as there are aspects of playing the quarterback position that Trevor Simeon just through his experience is just more refined at than Justin Fields. And so to run the route tree and expect the ball to be there on time, th there should be a better expectation of that from Trevor Simeon than there is from Justin Fields. Now, can Trevor Simeon drive it there in the way that Justin does? Can he extend the play when the pass rush is broken like Justin can? No, there's aspects of that. But if it's just, you know, kind of a seven-on-seven seven type scenario where, all right, I'm, I'm running a 15-yard dig route and I want the ball to, to hit me in the face mask right when it's supposed to, that's something Trevor Simeon is, is going to be more effective at right now than Justin Fields, just in deciphering coverages and being decisive with his passes. We saw that on display early in the game until things really got heated and the Jets ramped their game up, and then Trevor Simeon turned back into Trevor Simeon. But as far as whether or not the receivers benefit from that for one series, yeah, I'd say you can make case they would for one series, not for a full game, not for a so full season. So you don't think Byron Pringle like and Chase Claypool are like, I hope Trevor's oh, in there. I, 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 hope, I wish Trevor was out here every week, boy. I'll get all my targets. No, no, I, I don't think I don't think any, there's anybody out there hoping for that at the moment. Now, do you do you think though that because we're talking from my perspective about whether or not I expect to Justin play or anything like that? We obviously do have some folks out here very passionate about wanting to beat yeah. the Packers. You do have some some meatball Bears fan in you. You know what yes. it means that Green Bay has dominated this series so much. How important is it to you to see Justin Fields out there on Sunday? I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's important. And listen, I'll be the guy that says, yeah, I do want the Bears to beat the Packers, right? Because, and here's the reason, though. If I was expecting a victory versus the Lions, or if I was expecting a victory versus the Falcons, and I've been big on continuing that snowball that is the momentum of the Chicago Bears, you need a victory sprinkled in, man. You can't lose eight of nine and then still ask Coach Eberflus to go in there and get the best from these guys. you got to have a victory just so that they can – it's the carrot in front of you. So you're like, oh, yeah, we are A little capable. morale booster, a little yeah. palate cleanser every and, once in a while. So, so yeah. for me, it's like getting another victory allows um, to, you to put a little bit more coal in that steam engine to get you to the finish line. And unfortunately, the Bears couldn't get a, a victory versus the Lions or the Falcons. So here we are with a perfect opportunity facing a banged-up Aaron Rodgers who you know wants to play at a very high level so he can continue to have – ownership of the Chicago Bears <laughs> but if the bear if Justin Fields is playing and we get that victory and then you know you lose to the Bills and you lose to the Eagles because they're significantly better than you and then you know you struggle versus the Lions and the Vikings team to end the season well I feel like we still won on the high, we still ended on a high note got the victory versus the Packers you know you, you you had some 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 morale that was pent up and, and built there 
from that victory. So, yeah, I mean, I understand the importance of losing every game and what that means for the Bears' draft picks. I, I do understand that. I do understand the importance of getting the second pick, more specifically, as opposed to the third pick. I, I understand what comes with that and the difference in those draft picks and how much more valuable the number two slot is. But at the same time, I'm, I'm living in the present with these guys. I'm living in the present, and, and I understand that, that these so players— So you want Justin just dragging that old left shoulder out there and just kind yeah. of seeing what he can do. Yeah. And then if it's bad, <laughs> sit him down. Sit him down some more and then let him, let him chill out. But if Justin Fields comes out, if he has a Mike White game, if he comes out and throws for 300 yards and three tutties and he's carving open the Bears win, it's like, who's not going to feel good about that? And again, it's not like you have a cakewalk for the rest of the season. And right. You got some tough games that you're probably gonna lose. So if you're telling me, you know, we get a good effort out of Justin Fields and and you get the shutdown, Mister Number Twelve over there on the other side, I don't know. I, I'm starting to feel good right now. <laughs> I'm just talking about so, it. I'm like, damn, that, this does feel good. You get right yourself now. revved up. You are. What what I think is most likely to happen as we sit here on a Taco Tuesday at uh, oh, at yeah. the Poorhouse. Three dollar taco. Uh, Three dollar tacos in the yeah, building. Yeah, man, can't beat that. I. I think the most likely scenario is that Justin Fields sits out again this weekend. You're going into right, I know. You're going into the bye week. So now you'll have about a month, you know, between him actually being hit by, by an opponent by the time he would end up after the bye week facing who they've had Philadelphia. So I think, you know, you, he missed the Jets game, he played against Atlanta, missed the Jets game, missed the Green Bay game, have a bye week, face the Eagles, and you got about a month between times where Justin Fields has been impacted by an opponent. And that, that at least gives you a good opportunity for some significant recovery in this shoulder. And then you play out the final month. There's, I, there's still a chance you beat Detroit. They've been competitive in the majority of the games True. this year, so I don't have any reason to think that they won't show up and at least have tight games with Philly and Buffalo and, and Minnesota. You know, All right, I don't so anticipate they'll win any of those, but the Detroit game, that's one where you go into that and say, you know what, that, that's the team the Bears measure up with. Now, Detroit, they're starting to feel themselves a little bit. They're gaining some confidence. They're starting to win some games here lately. The Bears, obviously, were one of those that they recently won. But I think if, you, if he misses this Green Bay game, then you still got the bye week. Then depending on where he's at at that point, you may have a good, strong finish for the final month of the season from him. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. It's the Miller Light Top Draft Show here at Dunning Poorhouse. Um, hey. Uh, let me talk about Trevor Simeon for a second, because in the event that Justin Fields doesn't play, what are the expectations of the quarterback then? Is it more of the same, or does, does Trevor Simeon get better having, you know, being asked to perform two weeks he gotta in a row? He got to earn a job, man. He got to earn a job. That's the thing. For all these guys not named Justin Fields, they're all play Even Eddie Jackson this season, where he's got a lot of guaranteed money, but that's all done at this point. Eddie Jackson was playing for a job this year. You're playing to be a part of the future of the Chicago Bears. And for Trevor Simeon, he knows he's not playing for an opportunity to be the starter for the Chicago Bears, but he's playing to be Justin Fields' backup. That's what he is at this point in his career. I'm sure early in his career, he was hoping he was going to become a starter and have this opportunity to prove everybody wrong and, and kind of hit another echelon as a pro athlete. That's not happening, but he's been a career backup. He can't continue to be a career backup. He wants to earn that with however many opportunities he gets. He's for the most part, been able to show that on the practice field, in the meeting room, as the de facto assistant QB coach, kind of working with the young quarterback on what he's seeing on the sidelines in games and all that. But now that he's got a chance to play, this is where Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, they yes. can evaluate Trevor Simeon and say, when you're actually out there on game day, can you be someone who, 
if this mobile quarterback, this guy who takes hits and extends plays, whenever Justin Fields has to leave the lineup and isn't available to us, can you be someone who can play competent football at the position and maybe get us out of a game? Maybe win a couple of games if there's an extended stretch without Justin Fields. So competent play within the framework of the offensive system. You know, it's nice that he threw the touchdown pass to Byron Pringle. That was really, you know, for me, through my lens, that was a plus-minus kind of moment. You usually grade plays either plus or minus or plus-minus. Okay. And, you know, he, he threw a bad pass that Byron Pringle went up and got over the defender. So I wouldn't necessarily imagine, I'm sure, on the read, he probably got graded well on the read and bad on the pass. So it would be a plus-minus, you know, from that perspective. And I think that showing he can play competent football can earn him continual seasons and money in chicago a lot of money. money obviously obviously <laughs> the money is certainly a big part of that aspect so i would say for trevor Simeon, it's it's important to go out there and be able to operate there were a couple of times in the second half of that game where the jets were starting to ramp up their pressure and the heat was getting turned up on the bears offense where they broke the huddle trevor Simeon's looking around receivers are looking around guys are kind of running in and out of the you know, motioning here and there and pointing at each other. It's because Trevor Simeon thought he was Peyton Manning on Sunday. He needs to be able to be the field general to have everybody in the right spot to get them lined up, to make sure the motions are, are where they're supposed to be. Now, you know, you got newness out there, and I know everybody wants Chase Claypool to know the playbook like the back of his hand already because sure. he's been here a few weeks. It ain't that simple. But when it comes down to it, who can take control of that moment and say, you're lined up here, Pettis, you're right here. You want Trevor Simeon to be able to command those moments to see the offense look a little confused when he's out there and he's the veteran guy, you don't want it looking like that. Yeah, because no one knows the playbook better than he does. So when he's out there with like four seconds left trying to, you know, recite the play to guys, it's like, no, 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 no. We need you to, I don't know, look weird for me. But yeah. I, I don't know. Again, for me, expectations for Trevor Simeon next week, higher completion percentage, put some points on the board. Because you're right, you are out there vying for another, vying for a right. job, the, the backup to Justin Fields. And the way to do that is to have a good yeah, performance on Sunday. Bartender over there, some bar back is over here trying to lift up the yeah. deal to get behind the bar no, no, and they're no. carrying something. And then the bartender's like, hey, what are you doing? You know, they're going to get somebody right. Together. You know, get them right in those yeah. moments here at the poorhouse. You got to make sure everybody as the traffic cop knows exactly what they're doing. David knows what he's doing. Jen knows what she's doing. Erica knows what she's doing. Bobby knows what he's doing. We got field generals at the poorhouse. That's, That's right. What That's right. All right. We got more to talk about on the other side, of course, a beloved uh, from the south side has parted ways with the team and is headed to the Houston Astros. Who is that? And how do we feel about him leaving? The South Side will discuss on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez with Anthony Heron here at the Miller Light Top Draft Show at Dunning Poorhouse, 7718 West Addison in Chicago. We'll be back after this. I just want to uh, echo Jerry Reinsdorf's statement uh, with regards to Jose Abreu. Uh, obviously, it's uh, it's 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 always a difficult day from a, uh, an emotional standpoint or from a fan standpoint when you see uh, a franchise icon don another uniform. It's a day that nobody really ever envisioned seeing, but the realities of the business side sometimes dictate that such things happen. We're back with more of the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Dunning Poorhouse, 7718 West Addison, with Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron, presented by Miller Lite. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's home for Bears fans, and always live on the free Odyssey app. If you're drinking Miller Lite right now, make some noise real quick. That's what we do here, man. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Out in the streets or the side? Streets. I feel like man uh, of the people. 
It's, it's a good duo to have out here. I agree. I'm not when I'm with Grody. I'm I'm nervous sometimes. Really? Because I'm like, what if a fight breaks out? I don't know oh, if okay. Grody's really about that life. You. Yeah. And you, I feel comfortable. I mean, <laughs> I feel you comfortable should. You bring right yeah. here, Anthony. Harris. I feel comfortable. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I'm, I can handle my own. <laughs> I'll, be, <laughs> yeah. I'll be all right. I, I think I'm gonna do okay. Yeah, speak um, for you, but I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> I can, you about to say something crazy problems. to somebody? Nobody wants. I feel like you're building up problems. towards saying something crazy to somebody. No, that's no, what I no. feel like this is. I mean, that's typically what I do whenever yeah. we're hanging out, but not uh. in this particular instance. Um, <laughs> but but I was a, hey, hey, take care of my lightweight. Yeah. Hey, you got this? Yeah. You got a problem? Uh, right yeah. here. Talk to my security right here. <laughs> um, you just heard Rick Hahn uh, thanking Jose Abreu for his time with the White Sox. A lot of people feeling indifferent about the move. I don't know. You, you, as I'm a Sox fan. You know this. So for right. me, there was a clog there um, in, in, in that space of like first base, DH, you know, with Yasmani Grandal and yeah. Andrew Vaughn, guys like that. So it was expected. I wish they, they would have kept him. But three years, $60 million. A lot of money. That's a lot of money, right? I mean, a that's a lot of money. money. I mean, I love Jose Abreu. Uh-huh. But, but, but the, the, counter, the counter to that is... The Houston Astros, you know, who, who, who are a championship team consistently, yep. they know what they have to do to stay at that level. And that includes spending a little bit of money on a guy that can bat 300, get you 80, 90 RBIs in a season, and hopefully hit more home runs than he did last year when he had a season low. But, um, you know, you know what you're getting in Jose Abreu. And um, one of my favorite tweets that went out today, it was like, oh, all Andrew Vaughn has Chris to do. Tannehill. No, I wish it was oh, for okay. Chris Tanner. Right. It was like treat, all Andrew Vaughn has to do now is is hit 300, um, you know, be a good locker room guy, you know, play every day. Basically creating this this checklist that's essentially unattainable for a guy like yeah. Andrew Vaughn. Um, but, but what did you think about Jose Abreu leaving and more specifically going to the Houston Astros? I mean, Houston is willing to spend money. They're willing to go. You know, above the, the baseball's version of the luxury tax, essentially. So for them, the competitive balance is what it is. They, they don't really care about that from a financial perspective. And as we know, the Sox do. Now, the issue that, that Jose Abreu has had in, in perception with this lineup for a couple of seasons now is that, like you referenced, you got multiple guys who fit that same mold and guys who you want to make sure you're getting at bats for. You know, you got a bunch of DH types who are here. Abreu got better and better. At playing defense throughout his career yeah. here in Chicago. But essentially, you know, especially at 35 years old, you would love him to just be a DH and not even have to worry about diving all over the place yeah. around first base. He can still do it effectively, but you don't necessarily want a 35-year-old having to carry that load defensively in addition to being your best, your most consistent power bat on offense. He'll be able to go to Houston and have that load taken off of him. Did the Astros really even need him? It doesn't feel like they needed him, yeah, well, but they wanted him. And they said, we got to pay to get that. <laughs> the, the White Sox aren't willing to pay to get that. But it's, it's a more complete lineup that Jose Abreu can fit into a more comfortable role in. And it, it would have been great for him to continue here, finish his career with the Sox, like been awesome. Reinsdorf supposedly said that he was going to get the opportunity to do. But right now, you, you have a lineup with a lot of boppers, and none of them are really suited for the outfield. They don't want Vaughn to keep being in the outfield either. The last so, thing I want is yeah. Andrew Vaughn continuing to play uh, right field or left field for the Chicago White Sox. He looked like a like a little leaguer playing in the outfield. Just didn't have the right stance. Didn't didn't look right out there. So I love the fact that they get to take him off there. But you know, they, Rick Hahn, you know, in this press conference, not only did, did he talk about you know what it was like to lose Jose Abreu. 
but he also talked about his thoughts on Andrew Vaughn. We've made no secret of the fact that we're very bullish on, on Andrew Vaughn's future and made no secret of the fact that we've asked a lot of this player over the last couple of years in terms of uh, his advancement and playing him out of position. And that ultimately we think we're going to be stronger as a club if we don't have players playing out of position. So again, objectively, you can look at the roster and, and feel like this obviously makes sense to have Andrew installed at first and have Gavin Sheets perhaps get some opportunities there, or occasionally perhaps Yasmani, but it doesn't remove the emotional side of it, which uh, again is what we're all sort of dealing with for a portion of the day. Then we resume work trying to improve this roster with feeling like first base is currently not an area of need given Andrew's presence. I mean, it's not what you want to hear if you're a Sox I'm glad fan. he mentioned Sheets, too, because I wasn't even thinking about Gavin Sheets. But, yeah, it's just of course, a, a, Gavin another Sheets way better left or <laughs> right fielder than Andrew Vaughn was last year. You just saw it in the mechanics. And he was he, he had a groove where he felt comfortable in mm. some points during the season. But it just sucks, man. You, you know, being a Sox fan, you're just, you know, having to deal with this kind of stuff. Because if you're looking at where you're going to be excited, it's, it's just this. It's, it's things like this. Andrew Vaughn getting more more shots at, at first base playing DH, not being out of position. Gavin Sheets doing the same. So you, you, when you're trying to be hopeful, you know, this is what you're looking for. Hopeful, like Cubs fans understand this. Watch, watch this. Any, Cub, any Cubs fans in the building? Any Cubs fans? Not one Cub fan in the whole thing? No Cubs fans? Uh, we don't care about you guys anyway. Uh, but they understand, what I, they understand what I'm talking about when it comes to those kind of things. But you, you have to have hope in these situations. And, and obviously with this roster, that's exactly what you're left with if you're a Sox fan. You know, if, I want to shout out the podcast, Southsiders, on 670 to score. Make sure you download the Odyssey app, myself and Shane Reardon. We get an opportunity to talk about, you know, this very, this very, these very, these things right here that are affecting the squad. And Y'all what change the do, name? But, it just sucked. Today's episode was tough. Okay. Because you're heartbroken. The fact that Andrew Vaughn is 24 years old is obviously a huge factor in, in why. Because right now, Jose Abreu is still definitively a better baseball player than Andrew Vaughn. But you see Andrew Vaughn coming into his own. There, there was a large stretch of the season where he was the most consistent bat in that lineup. Even when he wasn't getting on base, he was giving you quality at bats. And the, you know, from a power perspective, from an average perspective, from a just challenging the opposing pitcher perspective, when so many other guys who the quote-unquote back of the baseball card told you they were supposed to be doing one thing, Andrew Vaughn was the main guy who was delivering on you know, his promise that he's maybe not as gifted in theory as some of these other cats, but he at least gave you that, and you see him ascending from what you got from him last year, tapered off a little bit by the end of the season. I think that probably speaks to the point Rick Hahn was making right there about how things can be improved by not playing guys out of position. Yeah. You get more out of Andrew Vaughn if you can just plant him at first base and not worry about moving him everywhere because he was kind of utility guy in a lot of certain situations. Ultimately, and you know, I've heard this from from one of my one of my old bosses. Sometimes you just need a fresh coat of paint, you know, and it's not necessarily the best decision to make, but sometimes you just need it so that that way you can kind of figure out what you have and what direction you want to be going. And so the White Sox have an opportunity to do just that. Um, there's another team in Chicago who we're really trying to figure out what direction they're headed in, and that is the Chicago Bulls. They won some really Don't good games as of late, and some games Don't that have been uh, shocking to some, taking down two of the top teams in the East, of course, talking about the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, but we get to talk to Rob Schaefer after the break, and I am going to ask him if the Bulls can continue this hot streak as they finish up their West Coast trip. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show 
at Dunning Poorhouse. We'll be back after this at 670 to score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.